Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. There's no business like show business. In a way, we go. Hello again, and welcome to the Arts and Business of Community Theater, also known as the Merrill Community Players Podcast, featuring the Green Room Groupies. I'm your de facto host, David War, and looking around the green room, I see... Brian Burchett Ross. And... Robert Yeoman. My beautiful and lovely co-host, as always. Um, and today, Ron Roberts, our usual groupie, is on an assignment, as is everybody else. So you got the original oh. terrific trio today. That's who's, uh, I knew something was different around here. I just couldn't put my <laughs> finger on it. It was Ron. Yeah, so no baseball metaphors today. Oh. Uh, so, well, we're going to strike out. Yeah. Uh, uh, in yeah, memory. Yeah, we need to leave. In memory, but he's still, still with us. Still with us. God bless you, sir. Still with us. And, uh, yeah, and, and Carol and uh, DeVoe were not available either. So oh. here we are. Uh, the three amigos back again. Yeah, I think DeVoe's off to another Florida trip. So she's a. Uh, getting excited about going to disney world and somehow you know we didn't even bother to call devoe because i knew she was preparing for the trip so devoe i'm sorry if you're just learning now that you had another (laughs) another chance to be on the podcast but we hope you enjoyed your your vacation hope you enjoyed your trip yes Um, both disney and universal so i'm a little jealous because they do have some good shows down there too i really liked universal yeah uh, but so if you're not, we're here. Um, I should note this is our 25th episode. It's not. It's our 24th. Oh. Yes, it is. This is 25 and 26, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing 25 today. I'm sorry. I just got done editing and putting out 23, so I'm a little, which I titled two, three, four. So yeah. Well, and and because three of us happen to be comic book aficionados, something like a 25th episode. Mm-hmm. If you're a comic book, it's like 25th anniversary. Yes. And you, you do all that. But, but you know, I pointed out that most, the rest of the world does uh, celebrate anniversaries based on time, not on number of episodes <laughs> yes. or, or they're issues. They're wrong or, issues. Uh, they're yeah. wrong. So, so we'll be doing something big for a celebration because we are coming up very quickly on one year of doing this. I mean, I think it's October, wasn't it? Or, uh, or August? September? Yes, August. I think it was August. Was it August? August. Yeah. After the fair? And as we're recording this right now, it is May 9th. Um, yeah. So we're only a few months away, so we'll, we'll have to come up with something exciting for that. <laughs> Since we've last seen you, some of us have been up to uh, uh, some exciting things, and some which we'll talk about today, um, because our discussion today is kind of, I wanted to do a little something. We just finished a uh, interactive murder mystery. Mm-hmm. So I thought it yeah. might be fun to have a discussion today about types of theater and things that might not be a little different um, than what people are usually used to, um, as opposed. And I'm not talking the types of theater of the proscenium versus the thrust theater versus theater in the round, but actual different styles of performing theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, this uh, past weekend I had the great pleasure going up to Gross Point uh, for the Gross Point Community Theaters. Take 10 Festival, which is a festival of 10-minute plays. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, I saw a total of, total of eight plays by new playwrights. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, some of these folks, it was the first play they've ever written. Um, it's, it, was, it was held at the uh, Gross Point Christ Church, an Episcopal church up there. Beautiful space. Um, I think it's called their undercroft, so it was this vaulted ceiling kind of thing mm. underneath the church. Mm. It was almost like being in a, in a mm. medieval <laughs> yeah, that sounds kind <laughs> dungeon of thing. Cool. Um, but, but, but similar to what we do in our space is, you know, they built a small stage and they had uh, some uh, basically some curtains. So they had, I won't call it a makeshift, but it was, uh, yeah, I guess makeshift uh, theater. Mm-hmm. Um, simple sets. 
attend very different shows, all based on the theme, While You Were Out. Oh, okay. So so that's what they had to go with. This was the ninth year of this festival, and it's something other groups have done, too, these 10-minute festivals. And frankly, I think it's something that uh, our, our group, Mineral Community Players, should look at as well. Mm-hmm. Because what you get is, one, the creativity of different people showing what you can do with simple one sentence to as a theme or something or some years they've done things where a certain prop would have to be included or you know so like every show has to have a pizza delivery in it or something like that <laughs> um but anyway so i saw ten eight different shows and that's how it works is it goes out they get their submissions in it goes out to judges the judges uh great rate them and then the top eight uh go on to stage and then once you're in there the audience gets to select their top three um, so everyone gets three tickets, and of course, you might be. Um, they they offer sales of more tickets if you want to vote more more often. So it's the old vote often, right? Right. <laughs> vote early, vote often for your favorites. Um, try not to let the uh, cast and crew sway you, mm-hmm. which I'm sure <laughs> there might be some ballot stuffing going on. I'm sure, but I think. <laughs> But anyway, so the place was packed. I, I would estimate oh, easily 100 people there. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so that got me thinking, you know, that's kind of a different type of theater, a theater with some limits put on to it. You know, it's new plays and 10 minutes each. Mm-hmm. Um, How were they? They were very good. Okay. Um, it, it was a good reminder to me, though. Sorry, Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good reminder to me. Um about the different and i shouldn't say why mm. i happen to have a little inside information on some of those plays and Ooh, reading them dirt yes <laughs> well <laughs> reading them though um it, it was reminding me that a play is obviously meant to be performed um, because a couple plays that when you see them on the page mm-hmm. and then you see them actually as they were finally produced they really come alive okay um and and so you know you know you got something good when you read it mm-hmm. a lot of times but you don't really see the full form of it of course until it's actually produced and put on stage sure. even if it's a very simple production it's like i said you know there's a couple of tables chairs you know they they bare bare minimum of, of sets um but but i think that's something that every playwright needs to keep in mind too is like what you see in your head is not what you're going to end up seeing on the stage right. sometimes it's better sometimes it's worse but it will always be different and and the authors of each play were there as well i, I assume and I, i'm sure they were invited i don't know if they all were there or not okay. um there were a couple that clearly had certain number of fans there already uh for them um one play happened to have a little bit of Edelweiss playing in the background, and that apparently was an in-joke because, of course, they're doing Sound of Music in June. Okay. And I guess Bursting at the seams with I laughter. Yeah, well, if I understood correctly, the person who's directing that production happened to be in that uh, that 10-minute play that was being presented. Break it uh, like you, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so I sat with a couple from uh, Cadillac, Cadillac, Michigan, Cadillac Footlighters, Pat and Leo, Mm-hmm. Um, that if you're listening from the Community Theater Association of Michigan, you know them. They've been around for a long time. In fact, they used to uh, run the play play con- playwriting contest for the Community Theater Association. Mm-hmm. Um, but she told me about a different type of theater that uh, does very well for them. They've been doing a lot of readers' theater up there, which is something our group has uh, been doing some of, mm-hmm. kind of to fill the gaps between full productions. Mm-hmm. Um, 
something she called jokes, quotes, and antidotes. So essentially an open mic night that everybody can participate in. You get up, you tell a joke, or you tell an antidote, or you read a quote. Um, so, so basically everybody can do it. Everybody has a shot. They come up, they tell their bit. They sit down, and, and a good time apparently is had by all. So it's kind of like an NP, NPR does something like that, don't they? Where, where the, but that's more story storytellers. Just story the storytellers yeah. sort of thing. But oh. She says they call it specifically jokes, quotes, and antidotes, and, and that's something that's like, ooh, we should, steal, they, we should steal that too. Did they copyright it? Uh, probably not. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's why i said we should steal it too but it's it's an easy yeah. you know, relatively easy thing to do and everybody has a good time yeah um which then kind of brings us back to the interactive theater that that we just did uh, murder mystery mm-hmm. um murder mysteries tend to be a lot of the interactive theaters but the main difference of course is this is also i'd almost call call it i think what they used to call environmental theater where they tried to set the stage so it was as real as possible. So if you were, if it was taking place in a house, you might do it in a house. Right. Um, the audience around or even looking down onto the set as opposed to sitting in a, the normal uh, fourth wall kind of configuration. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of uh, interactive theaters, for those that don't know, basically based on, it's a lot of improv because mm-hmm. you go in, you need to learn your certain specific scenes but all the time you're you're actually interacting directly with the audience between those scenes and you have to maintain that character while you're still in those scenes generally these are done in conjunction with the dinner this last one we did was basically uh, heavy hors d'oeuvres um and desserts um oh which were fabulous if anybody's listening out there you all were fabulous yes um in fact uh david you're uh, you're david my David, my husband uh, provided desserts. Yes, he did. We, we can give a plug for pretty his, much why his, his I wanted to say um, desserts with David. Desserts with David. Yep, that's on a. Um, you can find it at the Monroe County Library Systems website or uh, their YouTube page. Um, he, I, uh, I run the cameras, and he's on the front of the camera, and then I edit it down and. And uh, yeah, he does a good job. He's yeah. a great baker. Yes, He's a great baker. Very good. And chocolate. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, he made those. Uh, in fact, our uh, a tenant that we have living with us uh, finally got one the other day, and he looked at that hula girl, and he goes, "You put a lot of work into that." Yeah. I mean, because he he spent a lot of time just painting, painting and all that With chocolate. Mm-hmm. So very proud of him. Did a great job. Good job. Yep. Um, yeah, food was great, um, and and the audience appeared to have a good time, which which surprised me. Not because <laughs> <laughs> let it be known that it was David who made the first strike. <laughs> I will join in later. Um, <laughs> um, not not because I thought the performance was like going a bird, to be bad, quietly. <laughs> or or the and the script was good, or anything like that. It was because. Uh, or that the script wasn't good, it was because we had no alcohol at this event. And generally, ah. these things go a lot better when people are, have a couple, I, and I shouldn't even say that because I'm not advocating alcohol use, <laughs> but but when people have a couple drinks or two, they tend to loosen up, get more into They into do it loosen up it. more. So I was very pleased that this audience got right into it. Yeah, the audience didn't have any alcohol. <laughs> yeah, and um, they they really got right into it, but but even 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 there, um, I still think there were some things that we uh, uh, there are tricks I think to pulling off a successful yes. Mm-hmm. 
or any interactive. I don't think it always has to be a murder mystery. Um, Tony and Tina's wedding, um, for example, is basically you go in and they're performing a wedding ceremony, wedding reception for you. It's a wedding reception. Really? Is that yeah, what nobody, that is? I've never seen with it. With 20 parts. Oh, Lord. It's huge. I saw it actually in Las Vegas. Um, I kept waiting for somebody to die. <laughs> there, wasn't even a, there wasn't even a fight in that. Yes. Yeah, sp- is it a comedy, though? Spoilers abound here. Is it a comedy? It, oh, yeah. It's a comedy. Uh, I'm sure they thought it was. Oh. It's a comedy. I mean, in the sense that there's funny little things with family fights. Not even family fights, but just scenes where the Old family are talking. family history is brought up. Yeah. Which sparks hilarity and confusion. The audience is involved. Hmm. Okay. But you do the chicken dance, the whole bit. Oh, yeah. YMCA? Um, yeah. Yeah. Everything that you... So so when I left, and people used to rave about this show a lot, um, but in my opinion, it's like, well, I guess if you don't have any friends and you've never been to a wedding before and don't mind to ever go to another <laughs> wedding... Uh, <laughs> and you're fine with paying $50 for warmed-up SpaghettiOs. Yeah. And you're, you know, but if you're... It's pasta. If you're really into wedding receptions, mm. I suppose you yeah. would really like it. Yeah, Tony and Tina. Okay. But maybe part of it's because a lot of people, back, especially back then, weren't used to that sort of interactive dinner theater thing. So maybe that was, I mean, because that's the one, once you said it, that I went, oh, yeah, that's the big one. Or well, the one back, I Back then for me was maybe 10 years ago. It's not that back then. Oh, it isn't? I thought it was older uh, than that. No, it is a bit older it's, than that. It is a bit older, but I, I know I've seen it in the century. Yeah. Well... Where I we want to now? say it's at least I, I don't, 40. <laughs> what century are we in now? I don't know anymore. The 21st. I 21st. think it's the 40th. 40th century? Oh. <laughs> Damn, maybe break. <laughs> no, I think it was about 40 years old when it it is about 40 years old. Okay. But, but like I say, I think it's still playing somewhere. Oh, yeah. yeah Chicago is its home base. Oh, okay. And it is literally a tourist attraction now. Uh, much yeah. like Second City. Okay. Yeah. Not a bad thing? No, no. It's just it, it became what it became. An industry. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but I think the one of the hardest things, I think, for the actors to keep in mind when they're performing one of these um, is not to overlap with other actors. Oh, that's the big one. Okay. One of the big ones. You know, there are certain scenes that have to be done, and you have to, the rest of the actors got to know to be quiet and to stop ad-libbing within the scene that's required to be done. Yes. Um, and that's something I've seen too many of these go awry when one or two people, when one or two people who are eager to, to show what they've developed for their character, mm-hmm. they're really going to get that out there to the point of it, that they ignore what's happening around them. Um, it's to me, it's you as an actor, you got to be a, being understated is probably better for you than being overstated. It was for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For all those who don't know, his character was, he, he stayed pretty, his character's name was Rebel. He stayed pretty, uh, Dave stayed pretty quiet throughout the whole thing and, um, you know, did the the parts that he needed to do and, and talked to a few audience members, but stayed pretty quiet and in the in the background. And, every, I mean, he got more votes as the, the killer than anyone else. So that was pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I got called right out on one of those comments. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh my! I, we can't repeat that. I do I don't not have any fans there. <laughs> then again, it's a compliment that they thought that was you. Yeah, 
well, I'm, I'm, it was to the point where I'm afraid that maybe in real life I offended this person. I just don't don't remember. <laughs> no, I, I I think I think there. I think if anybody had snuck a drink, it was probably that person who wrote that. Oh, he was a. Maybe. He wanted my oh. flask. I can tell you that, mm. <laughs> which had nothing in it. <laughs> but but I think that's that's one of the, the things with when you're doing some of this improv, even just improv in general is you have to respect here's what the other person is doing let them finish what they're going to do before coming in and and you'll see that all the time frankly even in bigger productions on on stage Mm -hmm. you know that chorus member who just doesn't understand nope you're in the background now stop doing uh, your action and let the person who's got the lead song take care of you know do what they need to do right Uh, sometimes it's more important to be quiet than it is to be visible Mm mm-hmm one of the major things that I found with doing these is that it's critical that everybody knows what happens next. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can make a mistake and get yourself out of it very easily. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know what next, then especially if you get that, you're doing a bit, you're going through your stuff, and you're waiting for someone to give a piece of evidence and you look over to them and they just go, <laughs> then you can still save it if you know what came next. Mm-hmm. And we dealt with it with this um, uh, show, Murder on Maui by Susan Hainley. Thank you, Susan. You're wonderful. Thank you, Susan. She is, she is, she is. And basically, if we had just... If the actress had known what came next, it would have been simple to fix. Mm-hmm. When she decided to rewrite the entire second act, <laughs> did not work so well. But eventually we got back on track, and nobody in the audience knew. Mm-hmm. I certainly will remember it till the end of my days. But um, the audience didn't know, and they had fun. Mm-hmm. And we made money off of it, so cheers to us. Yeah, that, that is one of the big things. Yeah, well, and like I say, the important part is the audience. I, they really, they were very so appreciative. It was uh, surprising. Not yeah. really. It was mostly friends and family. I mean this very honestly. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of work acquaintances that got talked into by the actors to come see the show. Hmm. And so... I didn't know that. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Well, yeah, if you just talk to the cast, oh, I've got so-and-so coming. I've got three coming on Tuesday. I've got six coming on Saturday. Yeah. But but I still think the main thing is, as you're saying, is you've got to let the audience know what's coming next. You've got to give them the clues they need because if you don't give the information that the script says they need, they don't have the information they need to... Because basically at the end of these things, you ask them to solve the mystery. Right. Um, and if they feel that all you've done was basically goof around and tell in-jokes and be a funny character, but you never imparted any information, mm-hmm. or they're going to feel cheated. Or your choice of characterizations could be so outlandish that it just, just distracts from the actual mystery, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Brian is gasping but- right now. I just hope you weren't talking about me. <laughs> I wasn't outrageous at all. 
All right. Sometimes these mysteries, um, you can almost walk in and do them the same day. Other times, you need to have a couple rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And I think a couple rehearsals are always are required. And let's say a couple, I think we had total, what, four, five? About yeah, eight, eight, less than what we should have had. <laughs> well, and again, mm-hmm. it's, it wasn't that... It it doesn't take a lot of rehearsal, but you got to be sure that everyone's got their character down, and, they're on and the they same know page. their main motives, and they know why they did or did not do it. Yeah, yeah. I I um, I'm just not a big fan of them. I, Myself, personally, this is me personally. I'm not. A, I enjoy when upset. we did, when we did them when we did that one. I had a good time. I had a good time while I was doing it, but um. Yeah, I just, I don't know. There's no, I guess, for me as an actor, and the actor, I don't get a like a fulfillment of, of at the end of that to go, yeah. Yeah, well, and it's not quite simple because, again, you haven't sunk in the the homework that you do for a, a straight play, for example, well, yeah. you know, where you're living with the character for six to eight weeks and you're thinking about it constantly. You know, this is like a, the, the characters are, by nature, stereotypical. I think is the best way to put it. Very broad. Um, very broad. Um, there, there are archetypes that archetypes is that the right word? That, I'll go with that, it. That everybody's going to recognize. Yeah. There's um, your yeah, Miss Marple. There's your yeah. Right. Well, in this case, we had a Don Ho type. We had a Magnum PI type. Um, uh, you know, like I said, I was just kind of the bad boy type. Yeah, you were was, you were like the bad boy tycoon type, Bob. That was more. Thank you, the, thank the, you very t- much. The womanizing tycoon, the right. the, the jilted ex-wife, the uh, surprise lover. Um, right. Um, we never did find Bambi. We uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell the Bambi story. Someone has to tell the Bambi story, so her story will be remembered. Well, we had we had uh, one of the characters that uh, was pretty integral to the show. Not that she couldn't be. You know her, her part taken out, but she was pretty integral. Um, uh, we had a Bambi. We didn't have a Bambi at first, so we weren't going to use the character. Then we had a Bambi, so we used the character. And then, of course, unfortunately, we had to postpone it. Uh, and then the person who was going to play Bambi couldn't. So then we removed Bambi again. However, um, at the same time, we didn't. I didn't as as director. I didn't let the people who were doing the program know that there was no bambi um of course the program may have been printed beforehand i don't know anyway bambi was listed in the program bambi never appeared in front of anybody and people spent most of the night instead of asking other people what your motive was uh, each person's motive they wanted to know where was bambi what happened to bambi what why isn't she bambi? here and bambi actually got votes yeah <laughs> I really, there was a moment where I thought, I wonder if we could pull off a coup and I could just walk out and say, I'm Bambi. I'm Bambi. I'm Bambi. I'm Bambi. <laughs> now, who's going with Moose Honey? <laughs> but, uh, but you, of course, had the best answer uh, to uh, where's Bambi. Which one? You said he's. <laughs> I had two that got gasped. It, it, it was the yeah, it was a gasp. Um, it was the uh, looking looking for. Oh, you're looking for Bambi? No, looking Bambi's out in the forest. Bambi's out looking. No, that's looking not me. Looking for her mother. Looking for her father. You said no. I said, do you want to find Bambi? And like, here's a tip: don't buy Alpo. I uh, do. You? I remember that one too. That one. I remember it? that one too. That was the. 
And yeah. the most, the one that did not get believed, there was this one table that just would not let the bone go. Mm-hmm. They held on to it. Like, where's Bambi? Where's Bambi? Bambi? What happened to Bambi? Did yeah. you kill Bambi? It's like, this is the truth. We had an actress for the part. She couldn't make it. We didn't get time to change all the programs. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to Bambi. No, it's not. Yeah, no, they still didn't. I think it's Bambi. I'm I think it's Bambi. Bambi. It's Bambi. <laughs> Look, they're tricking us. <laughs> no. She ran off with some guy named Hunter. Well, and they ended up not getting a nice MCP mug. That's no, true. Didn't. We had prizes. We did have prizes. I was surprised at the prizes. I, I recommend having prizes if you're going to do one of these. But we just I said we're not having alcohol. They don't bump. That's a joke, folks. <sighs> uh, was it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Miss you, Ron. <laughs> there's a dog house I have to go. <laughs> was it? Oh, wow. Was it really? Was it really? <laughs> wow. You know what? It does help, too, with these. Um, really, you should be pretty good at um, ad-libbing. Yes. And, yes. and that is very, very important, which is something I've never been comfortable well, with, which is probably why partly I, I've never been a fan of them. It's like, I don't want to live all this. why I've never been a fan of improv is, is I feel I don't do it well. Yeah, same um, here. You know, there is a skill to improv, and mm-hmm. it's just like, okay. But but it, the reality is stay with your character, and you can do it. Yeah, that's very true. You know, it's the same rules as with any other show. Know your character. Everything else should flow naturally. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know your character... And you don't know you, what's supposed to come next. You, you end up like me, That's lurking true. in the shadows, just being <laughs> mysterious and glaring a lot. I think that's well. Bambi over there. <laughs> Bambi could be a guy's name. Yeah, it could be a guy's name. Nowadays, definitely. Is probably the, other, the other thing I think is important, too, that um, unfortunately got away from us a little is you have to be real careful on time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, and that was, I was throwing, that was partly my fault, too, because I was like, okay, we're done with this, we're done with that, because I was afraid. And again, this was my first one I had done. Well, no, I did one when I was 19. So this was the second one I had done. So I was, I truly was afraid, and I did, I, I couldn't get it through my head, personally, that that you can take a break and let them and i was like i don't want to lose i don't want to lose the momentum i don't want to lose their attention i you know uh it's a way different beast than than putting on a show but play you don't want to get it done in 20 minutes no no don't do that folks all these hints and methods are listed in any play that you get from susan hanley Mm -hmm. yes we're plugging her again she does a marvelous job Mm -hmm. literally step by step minute by minute breakdown of what to do what characters does what and how important it is just to relax and have fun when you're doing it Mm -hmm. i think the fun portion got away from us until the last act yeah i think so too I think so too. Although I will have to say, the character that I eventually created, I did have fun with, but he's a stereotypical character, and it was easy to play. So, but yeah, you're right. You're you're very very right. And Susan, if you're listening, I should have read those those hints a little more clearly. So I apologize, and I'll I'll be reading them better next. I'll be reading better next time. Yeah, we'll make sure of it. <laughs> That scene in Clockwork Orange where they have eyeballs. Well, and and the other side is, um, 
for the difficulties there are in putting these on because you know you're going to have to have food mm-hmm. um maybe like say we didn't do a full dinner but it's often it's done with dinner so you're serving a salad course you're serving the main entree then you have desserts and that's where you kind of wrap everything up mm-hmm. um we oh, excuse me we did a buffet essentially mm-hmm so that kind of changed the timing as well. Right. When things are actually served or people are left up in groups to to get their food or whatever, that creates those natural breaks. Right. In our case, because we had a buffet of hors d'oeuvres always set, right. there was no natural break. So, so, But again, that's where you need to be more cognizant of time because it's like, okay, we've been performing for 20 minutes or whatever. We haven't let these people, but given them a chance to get up in mm-hmm. and get more food. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was, it was a relatively small hall that we were in, a small room. Right. Um, so when we're up acting, it's not like there was a lot of extra space for people to just That's get up and walk behind us. Yeah. That's something that really does need to be emphasized. Know your play, playing space. Mm-hmm. Because if you're uh, rehearsing in one area, then moving to the performance, the actual performance room, that can be a real shock to your actors. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're rehearsing in a small space, you move to a larger banquet hall, which is mm-hmm. these things are often done in. Yeah. Um, the uh, Monroe County Opportunities Program does one. It's, they were doing them every year until COVID hit. They, they do it out at the college in the gym. That's a big space. Yeah, so that's a big, big space. And they do that for a, not, not by the same uh, person or not by Susan, but they've done them by other people as well and but you know so they're having auctions it was a huge fundraiser for them so they have auctions going on at the same time um they have drinks catering the whole bit but but it's Mm -hmm. a big space to play in um so that offers a different challenge because in the small room you didn't have to shout as well to be heard and in some ways because the room was more intimate i think that made the overlapping more obvious yes you know when you when you have something going on way over in one corner of a a gymnasium and someone over in the other corner of gymnasium it it, it's you can have a couple things going on at the same time but again you don't want to because the whole audience needs to be watching needs to be able to watch and say this is critical over here and also if you're playing to a big room a big venue it's best to have your actors go out in pairs yeah so they have somebody to react to, mm-hmm. because in, in a lot of times people have the cat phobia, the musical cats where the cat climbs in Where? your lap and all that stuff. They don't want to be part of the mystery or the fun. They just, I made my donation and I want to get out of here as quickly as possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. give, me, give me my my chicken breast so I can have my dinner and let me go. Right. Um, but if you have two people, at least they can get out all the information without, you know, pulling teeth from the patron. Yeah. You know, that you get, and also it makes it so much easier when you're talking to a table to have somebody that you've worked with now for four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing. This was in a very small venue, smaller than what we would have been led to believe. But it worked out just fine. It did. Very much. And everybody, we made money. They had fun. The food was excellent. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely excellent. You mm-hmm. get it. The chocolates. If you're, mm-hmm. you you, you got to get a hold of David to get the chocolates. David Burchett Ross, who might be starting his own business soon if we keep going. I'm with this. thinking. Oh, he should. Yeah. 
means. Um, but I, I got comments from people who weren't even at the show about how much their friends enjoy the show. Oh, great. Yeah, you know, unbidden. It's not like I, I started thinking, so did you hear about our last show? What <laughs> yeah, what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> the other thing uh, to keep in mind, too, uh, when you're doing a show like this, uh, if, especially if it's your first time, if you're a first timer uh, or your company or whatever is doing this for the first time, it's very easy when you're uh, in a room full of people that you know and you're trying to play a character and you're ad-libbing, it's very easy for them to the, to throw you and for you to break that fourth wall. I had a, a teacher there who uh, I didn't realize who it was until I was in the middle of it and that. And uh, at one point, you guys had stepped out of the room. It was before the murder, I believe, or something like that. And she uh, she grabbed me, she grabbed my arm as I walked by, and she said, are you Brian Burchett? And when she said it, that's when I really looked at her and thought, oh, my God, that's my ninth grade English teacher. How cool. I haven't seen her forever. And I didn't do it, but I really wanted to go, yes. And I was like, oh, I don't know who that guy is. But, you know, he sounds like bore. But, uh, you know, and I moved on. Now, there was that break in between that I did walk up to her at that point when everybody was doing their own thing. And I said, I'll talk to you later, but it's great seeing you. Yeah, you could have just done a hug and went... Oh, I thought you were my clerk at Night Neiman Marcus. Excuse me for making such a horrible <laughs> mistake. Oh, hurt uh, my memory. But it is easy to it is easy to to step out of your character in a situation like that. Uh, obviously, much more than a straight show or a musical or right. something like that. Well, and I think I shared the story um, on an earlier podcast about the one time I was doing a show uh, with the Dan Rose Group, and where apparently I was. I couldn't get the table to understand that I was one of the characters in the, you know, in the mystery and what we were doing because they kept asking me questions about, what do you think we're going to eat tonight? It's like well, I don't know. This is stuff to usually get at these stockholder meetings. Da, da, da. You know, I kept dropping hints that I'm not what I seem to be, mm-hmm. and um, they just weren't getting it. They didn't catch um, it. They didn't catch it either, either because you know I'm such a natural actor. <laughs> oh yes, yes. So uh, so immersed into my character, <laughs> how, could they, how they, could they possibly see anything? How otherwise? could they? Now, were you wearing a bald cap for that? Or? I was not. You were no, not. Oh, that was. A you know who else wore a bald cap? Probably Daddy Warbucks. Daddy Warbucks. I was just saying that. I was just trying to figure out how we're if only slip we that had, in, but uh, we got if we only knew how to Thank do you. that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, because I heard the cats reference already. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cats mm-hmm. got that in. <laughs> we got our cats. We got our, we got our Annie. Yeah. And I did hear the sun is going to come up again tomorrow. Are you was, sure? Was that? <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> At least he knew that one. <laughs> I, I knew it was, but <laughs> I always understand the intention behind some of these things. <laughs> he has to interpret some of our looks. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> So, if you guys are thinking about doing a, uh, it, it's a, it's almost a sure bet that you're going to make money off of one of these things, because your people will have fun. People will yes. have fun. We, you basically just use the costumes that you already have, and as long as you get go into it with the idea that no matter what happens. We're going to have fun. If you have fun, they will have fun. Mm-hmm. And if you're really nervous about it, get a Susan Hanley script. That's three times I think now I've mentioned. So, Susan, there's there's my obligatory plugs for your your shows. They're absolutely fantastic. Buy one of hers. 
and you're all set. Yeah. And, yeah. and and don't mistake these for the kind of the murders in a box you might. Well, that's true. As, as true. a home, yeah. as a home uh, a game to play at home, you know, dinner party, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to do it, take it with the same seriousness as you're going to take with any other show. Right. They um, are structured for either a group of five to twenty, I think, and then from twenty up to one hundred and fifty. Yeah. But but what I'm getting at is, you know, if you're going to half-ass it. Um, you know, your reputa- your group's reputation is also on the line every time you perform, whether it's it's a fun thing, you know, a little something different like this or not. Right. And, and you got to take it just as seriously. Um, for example, you know, we had costuming, we had um, props, we had the whole bit. Mm-hmm. And, and these are things you have to take just as seriously. Even a little bit of blood. Uh, you know, it, it, this wasn't just a glorified dinner party. Right. It was a performance. Right. You ever done one of those though? A glorified dinner party? The yeah, the home box murder mysteries no, I with have not. No, yeah, actually, if you get the right host to do it and you get the right people to come and do it, I think we did one over at Mary's house one time. Did you? I don't know that I was there for that, but we did one up in Ipsy with some friends, oh, okay. and they they. Uh, oh, wow, we had a blast. But it's a whole different vibe. Oh, it's a, definitely a different vibe, and but it's it gets not, sillier. I would it gets sillier, and you know the whole bit depending on how many alcohol. Don't talk to me. I'm have. dead. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, sort of thing. But and the uh, <laughs> show, there's also a show, uh, show named Clue that's not based on the board game. That's correct. It's based on the movie. I think yeah. so. I think. And I I've don't been know looking why. I, uh, I've been looking at that. Script. For some reason, I've just been keep hearing references about it. I, maybe it was one of them. brought it up to me. Well, I think mm-hmm. when I was in Gross Point, that I think they may be doing it uh, coming up in a, this next season. Um and it was one of those. It's like, oh, we should look at that. I love doing murder mysteries. I really do. I don't know if it has the fabled fourth inning or fourth ending that was cut. When it was Bambi, I, I, I'll give a plug for the late Gilbert Gottfried's podcast. Oh my God! Yeah, which if <laughs> it is not family friendly, <laughs> it is not for the faint of heart. Um, it's prepared to be shocked. However, his guests are so interesting, and they they purposely are going out to find old television stars and old movie stars, with emphasis on the old. Um, <laughs> I just listened to an episode with Peter Marshall. Peter Marshall when he was mm-hmm. ninety, I mean, and um, so this just Larry Storch like five years ago, mm-hmm. and, and I don't I don't know if Peter's passed since then. I think he has. I think he has. But I tell you, he sounded just like he did in Hollywood Squares, just talking to him. He the, the man was sharp, his voice was good, everything. But anyway, um, they had Michael McKean, 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 McKean on who's who's you know he was uh, Squiggy or no Lenny. he was Lenny. He was Lenny, Lenny among a thousand other things gazillion things he's done um he's still active i believe but yeah he was just voice acting voice acting he was just on um well we just finished uh binging um gracie and frank oh or frankie and grace frank and gracie that one love that show uh have you seen the end yet oh are are they out they're done oh i didn't know that the the second half of the season was done oh boy did they um you ruined it I didn't say uh, I could be misleading too. Okay, I hope so. Um, but uh, no, he's not. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to have to go home. Sorry, I guess I'm um, have to stay up all night watching that because yeah, but no, I can't he, just watch one episode. He ends up. Uh, he ends up on a. Uh, 
No, I take that back. That was Martin Mull. Never mind. Martin Mull's in it, though, folks, <laughs> but not, not Michael Vick. But anyway, the reason I brought him up is because... Back to you, Dave. He was in Clue. <laughs> yes. And he talked about there was a fourth ending because his character was the only... Doc, uh, Green. Mm-hmm. Um, whichever... Mr. Green? Mr. Green. Yeah, Mr. Green. Would be he was the only one. He was the only one that was never accused of actually being the murderer. <laughs> but so, they, was, so apparently it was a fourth ending, and that was the only one time they, he would have been accused of it. But they cut it. But he did have that amazing line at the end of the one where he said, "Where he, where they discovered he was the FBI agent," and he said, "And now I'm going home to my wife." Because I think he was, he was acting, he was portrayed, he was portraying himself as as homosexual mm-hmm. through the that whole thing, and then at the end, it's like. Now I'm going home. I don't know. I thought that was funny. And by the way, Peter Marshall is still alive. Wonderful. How old is he today? He is, well, today, he is 96 years old, wow. 96 years young. Uh, I, I would say, based on how he sounded at 90, he's probably 96 years young. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, So, hey, shout out to uh, Peter Marshall. Yep. Call us. <laughs> you can be on our podcast. Too. Yeah. He, he, did, he's, he did a lot of musical theater. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was in Music Man, and I don't know how many other things. He was but. like the second one down. Yeah. It's like you had the major movies, like, uh, oh, what's his name from 76 Trombones? Robert Preston. Robert, first you had Robert Preston, then next one down would have been Peter Marshall. Yeah. And and so he was basically, they bring in the A actor, and he would come in afterwards. And, uh, <laughs> Be but, the actor and be and be, the, be be the B actor, but he was yeah. he was very talented in his own right. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah. So. And you know, speaking of outside the box theater, mm-hmm. and now that we mentioned Peter Marshall, I'm, I'm going to digress and throw us into the um, tangent verse for a second. I've always thought it would be because <laughs> that's not where we were. <laughs> yeah, not at all. We were so focused. Um, but uh, I always thought it'd be kind of fun. I don't know if it's something that we could do. But um, I always thought it'd be fun to get to get us uh, actors and do uh, um, and a uh, spoof takeoff of um, and RuPaul does this if you watch RuPaul's Drag War, Drag Race um, the uh, match game and uh, actually have uh, us actors um, either either as ourselves as actors or I think it'd be even more fun to try and impersonate dead actors or actresses or whatever and um i claim paul lynn <laughs> well match game would have been charles nelson riley whoa yeah that's true that would be okay you have paul lynn i'll take charles. <laughs> no i i really want brett summers um what thinking, did brett summers do she was famous brett summers she was, was like the first kardashian i don't know before but, it walked but, on two um, legs this was something uh, um uh, Bean, uh, what's his name? Orson, Orson Bean. Bean. I just heard in the interview with him on Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. And he said, well, you know, there was a group of people who were just famous for being famous. Mm-hmm. So they would be like brothers or sisters or, or somehow related to the real famous person, but they were also kind of caught in that orbit. And so there, there's kind of this whole group of people that hung around the game shows. And he said he kind of fell into that category for a while where he was famous because he was famous, but yeah. nobody... Knew why he was famous. No, she a paycheck. Yeah, I think well, a yeah. paycheck. Oh, that was, that's. But anyway, I thought that would be kind of an interesting little. I mean, See, I, I can't even remember match game. I remember uh, Ray. Oh, what's his name? Little Lottie Gene Rayburn. Rayburn was the host. Little Lottie was they, they so those, fat. They had yeah that blank. blank. And it would be fun to get 
um, and, and audience members. I mean, you have let the audience pay to watch this, but then you pick out audience members to actually play the game. You know, we'll have our hosts and we'll have our uh, actors, you know, pretending to be real other actors or dead other actors. And I just think it'd be kind of different and fun and it's outside the box. And, yeah. Well, it'd be something to do like our version of the Hollywood Squares, even. Yeah. Then we could fight over the center square. <laughs> Yes. I'll take Charlie Weaver. Let's see who remembers that one. Yeah. Oh, Charlie. Ooh, Do you Charlie remember his Weaver. real name? Oh, you got me there. Yeah. I don't know. I barely remember Charlie Weaver. I can't remember his real name either, but Charlie Weaver was the character. Um, and he comes up quite a bit on Gottfried's podcast. Now, I remember George Goble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Goble was it. Well, apparently the square, the, square, the square of death you didn't want was the bottom... The bottom middle square, that's the one that rarely ever got called. Oh, really? So if you didn't do well, you got moved to that you got square. Moved there. Now, Brett Summers, we miss you, Ron. Ron, you should be the one looking all this stuff up. You're our she was a baseball player? <laughs> no. Uh, but she did, de- <laughs> she did debut on Broadway in the play Maybe Tuesday in uh, 1953. Or was it on Wednesday? Um, she was in... <laughs> It's always done on Tuesday. See, I can almost do jokes too. Yeah, we're we're all we're all almost doing them really well. Uh, seven Year Itch, Country Girl. She was in a lot of uh, roles. Um, uh, she actually played the former wife of Oscar Madison in um, the TV show. Oh yes, um, oh. the Odd Couple. Odd Couple too, with her real life ex husband. Or maybe husband at the time, I don't know. Jack Klugman. Uh, Jack Klugman. Yeah, miss yeah. you, Jack. I really do miss Jack Klugman. Love Jack Klugman. Who originally did not have a piece of the odd couple, but Tony Randall did. But at some point, um, Tony fought to give, get him a share of the action, so to speak. Really? He has medical mm-hmm. problems to uh, help cover because he didn't have insurance. Oh. Um, it wasn't things part I of- learn with you guys. Again, there's all these wonderful podcasts. And not that you should be listening to any other podcast but ours. <laughs> um, but once you're done with ours, um, there's yeah. other things out there. We'll steer you to the right ones. Yeah. Well, and it still annoys me sometimes because I'll listen to some other podcast, and I hate when they get things wrong. Yeah, Screaming into it. Um, uh, for example, it came up, they're talking about robots. And the famous robot science fiction said, well, you know, the robot in Lost of Space first appeared in Forbidden Planet. It's like, no, no. that was Robbie the robot yeah. who did guest star on Lost of Space. But the robot on <laughs> Lost of Space was a... He loses more cars this way. Yeah, it was created by... <laughs> it was designed by the same person, Wong I believe. Um, but, you know, Robot something. B9 was separate. But anyway, and we can save that for the pop culture podcast. Coming soon. But that also makes me wonder how often people are screaming at us. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going. You, you, I'll take three. You don't know a thing about the show Clue. But now, since since you and I got to say this, and then we'll, we'll save the rest of it for the 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 part coming two. soon part of podcast. But um, do you know? Since you mentioned Lost in Space, do you know who com- wrote and composed the theme to Lost in Space? Johnny Williams. I didn't know that. Both until, of them. You fool. Until last week. You could have gone John with Williams? You could have gone with Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea by Irwin <laughs> Allen, who wrote that music. John Williams? I no, I have no, I have no idea. idea. <laughs> well, I said Johnny Williams because that's how he was originally credited, yes. if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. That was became, on the contract. became John yeah. Williams. But he, uh, the same John Williams who did Star Wars and Indy and Which is why, Indiana and all that? You know, you know the, mu- the best part of the original Lost in Space was the music. And yeah, that's really why. That. He did, I don't think he did the incidental music within the show. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but that theme, it's like, da 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 Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's that's John. And we'll be talking about that more on the new podcast <laughs> coming soon. Which is not related to Monroe Community Players, so we shouldn't take up their, too much of their time. No, except it is going to be you know with people from Monroe Community Players. It is. All of you, if you're <laughs> listening to this, you're listening to the same people. Because we've locked your radio. <laughs> we control the horizontal. We control the vertical. Again, it, Bob, ooh, that's, that's, that's not how this works. Oh. <laughs> that's not how any I'm of sorry. this works. I'm sorry. Not how any that's not how it works. My little zap gun. No, where's that from? I can't remember. That's a commercial. That's a um, okay. That's a running gag on somebody's show. No, it's it was a running gag on a commercial. It was like a Facebook, and but she had it on a she had it on a board. And, oh, I'm, I defriend you. I defriend you and took the picture down, and they're like, that's not like, how it was like works. Geico or Progressive. Yeah, one of those. But yeah, I'm putting you on my bo- on my wall. Things. Yeah. <laughs> Know how this works? It's not yeah. Any of this works. <laughs> um, but anyway, I see that we are running out of time. <laughs> are we? <laughs> well, you just moved the hands. <laughs> you didn't move the bodies. You just moved the hands. Just moved the hands. Um, but I would like to thank you all for joining in as we we uh, discuss serious things and not so serious things. <laughs> and because uh, we do appreciate each and every one of you, we do really appreciate our audience. And uh, please go out, spread the word, tell other people what fun you've had listening to it, and. Um, yeah, unless they're just because. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> out of the goodness of your hearts. Yeah. Uh, but pretty please, please. <laughs> please. But check out the Monroe Community Players on our Facebook page and website at MonroeCommunityPlayers.org. Don't forget that the groupies have their own webs or Facebook page as well. Monroe Community Players podcast featuring the Green Room groupies. Say that ten times fast. Um, and and please email us with your thoughts, your comments uh, on this or any other episode at MonroeCommunityPlayers@yahoo.com, and be sure to let us know if it's okay to read your email on the podcast because we like to read things on the air, and we're still waiting for the first email. Um, though we do get comments, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and if you're the first one to comment on our question of the week, we will send you a mug someday. And what is today's question of the week? What is today's question of the week? I am so glad for those who've actually waited this long here. Today's question for the audience is: What is your favorite type of theater? Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Know what, I don't know why he yeah, did that. Bob does all the sound effects here. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, for the four of you out there, there's your question. There's more than four now. I think right now. I learned this weekend we have at least one more. Well, that's, that's good. So, Actually, I just looked at our numbers. And uh, for the the last one that we had with uh, when I wasn't here and Carol was, we're up to, are you ready for this? Uh-huh. 200? 2000? No, you're not ready for this then. <laughs> <laughs> Two? <laughs> no, we had 39. Ooh, Ooh. 39 of you out there. We got on somebody's search engine. Yes, we did. Yeah, but you know, you know, we'd, we'd love to, to reach even more people. So. We would, and we uh, will. In a non-sexual... Totally. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And just take that totally right out of your mind. Just right now, you filthy beggars. <laughs> yes. Um, so as a reminder... Bob, Bob doesn't speak for all three of us. <laughs> Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, just as a reminder, the art and business of community theater has been a production of Monroe Community Players and was recorded high atop the Benish Building at the Monroe Public Access Cable Television Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown Monroe, Michigan. We are the Groupies, and we will see you in the green room.